101 American English Proverbs Understanding Language and Culture Through Commonly Used Sayings Written by Harry Collis and illustrated by Mario Risso No portion of this tape may be duplicated without the express written consent of the publisher. Section 1. All Together Now Birds of a feather flock together. People of the same type seem to gather together. I haven't seen Mark lately. Do you know where he's been? As far as I know, he's still hanging around with those rock musicians. He's been attending their rehearsals, hoping to pick up a few pointers. Birds of a feather flock together. I know he wants to start his own group, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised that he hasn't had much time for his buddies. Still, I'd like to hear from him just to see how it's going. People with the same interests do tend to associate with each other. But I agree with you. That's no excuse for not keeping in touch with old friends. In unity, there is strength. A group of people with the same goals can accomplish more than individuals can. If we want better working conditions, we've got to get together and make up a list of grievances to present to the administration. But what makes you think they'll listen to us? In unity, there is strength. We won't get anywhere by complaining individually. We can accomplish more as a group than we can by ourselves. That makes sense. Let's call a meeting of all the employees of the shop. We can pin down our demands and present a united front. Maybe we'll get someplace this time. It takes two to tango. When two people work as a team, they are both responsible for the team's successes and failures. Look how crooked the linoleum is along the edges of the wall. It looks just awful. I never said I was an expert in laying linoleum. Besides, it takes two to tango. Just what do you mean by that? Well, you're the one who gave me the measurements. If the job turned out badly, it was just as much your fault as it was mine. Maybe so. But if you'll remember, I wanted to hire a professional to do the job. You were the one who thought we should save money by doing it ourselves. I guess we both learned a lesson. Next time we'll know better. A man is known by the company he keeps. A person is believed to be like the people with whom he or she spends time. Come here, Glenn. As your friend, I've got to tell you that people are starting to wonder why you're hanging around with all those anti-government demonstrators. Look, we've been friends ever since our college days. I'm not doing anything wrong. Maybe not, but since you work for a government agency, you've got to be more careful about who you associate with. A man is known by the company he keeps. Guilty by association, is that it? Unfortunately, yes. People often believe that a person is like his friends. Boy, what a hassle. Now what do I do? If I were you, I'd cool it with those pals of yours for a while. Misery loves company. Unhappy people often get satisfaction from having others share their misery. Hey, Misha, what's wrong? Oh, I just had a run-in with my math teacher over the grading of my last exam. Although I got a wrong answer in one of the problems, I did use a correct equation, and he refused to give me even partial credit. Don't feel so blue. You're not alone. I'm kind of in the same boat myself, only with my history teacher. I got a really low grade because she didn't like my essay. 
Although misery loves company, I don't feel any better knowing that you're in the same predicament. At least I tried. I thought you might get some comfort from knowing that someone else shared your misery. There's no place like home. A person is happiest with his or her family and friends. Pamela was fond of traveling, and she always enjoyed seeing exotic lands and peoples. However, after experiencing the thrill of cultures other than her own for a while, she would eventually begin to yearn for her native land and to think that there's no place like home. The museums, the architecture, the food, the music, and the culture of faraway places fascinated Pamela, but she never forgot that the place where she felt the happiest and most comfortable was in her own home with her family and friends. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Too many people trying to take care of something can ruin it. What are you doing, Benito? I'm trying to fix the copy machine. I'll have it going again soon if everybody stops making suggestions. Well, you can't blame the other employees for being impatient to run off their materials. They just want to help you. Yeah, but too many cooks spoil the broth. They really don't know what they're doing. And if I listened to their advice, this would never get fixed. I'm the guy with the experience, and I don't want to have the machine ruined by too many people trying to fix it. Just let me be, and I'll handle it on my own. Two heads are better than one. Two people working together can solve a problem quicker and better than a person working alone. Hey, Jonathan, come over here a minute. What's happening? I'd like to pick your brain for this composition I have to hand in tomorrow. I've got a problem with the introduction, and I figure that two heads are better than one. I need some input on the wording. To be honest with you, I'm not that good with words, but I'm willing to help out if I can. Thanks, buddy. My brain is all dried up. I'm sure the two of us working together will be able to solve this problem faster than I could do it alone. Well, I'll give it my best shot. Let me look at what you've already written, and we'll take it from there. Two's company, but three's a crowd. Couples often enjoy their privacy and dislike having a third person around. How did your date with Nari go the other night? Everything started out okay. But just as we started to talk seriously about our plans for the future, Bob came barging in and interrupted our conversation. What a pain. Two's company, but three's a crowd. You said it. I wanted to take him aside and tell him that Nari and I were having a serious conversation and that his presence was an intrusion on our privacy. But when I remembered how few friends he has since he's new in town, I decided not to say anything. Did you ever get back to your conversation? Yeah. We were able to pick it up again after Bob left. Section 2. Try this. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Eating an apple every day helps a person to stay healthy. Boy, do I ever feel lousy. I don't have any energy lately. Have you been eating a lot of junk food? Now that you mention it, I have. But I don't think that alone could account for my fatigue. It's got to be something else. I'm going to see my doctor tomorrow and have her check me out. Fine. 
But in the future, that might not be necessary if you watch what you eat. Don't you know that an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Sure, I've heard that proverb before, but I've never taken it seriously. I can't believe that just by eating one apple a day, I'll stay healthy and strong and won't ever need to see a doctor. Try it. You might like it. What do you have to lose? Do as I say, not as I do. Follow my advice, but don't follow my example. For heaven's sake, Dave, you smell like a chimney. How many times do I have to tell you that smoking is going to eat out your lungs and take years off your life? You can talk all you want, but look at you. Never mind me. Do as I say, not as I do. But you've been smoking ever since you were a teenager. Just because I made a mistake doesn't mean you have to repeat it. I'm telling you to follow my advice, not my example. Okay, you win. I'll try. But why don't we both try to stop? Maybe we can help each other out. You're on. I'll give it a whirl. If you can't beat them, join them. If you can't defeat your opponents, join forces with them. Mrs. Kowalski had never been much of a sports fan, unlike her husband and two children. On weekends, the others would take in either a baseball or a football game, while she stayed home alone. After a while, the situation became a source of great annoyance to her. One weekend, to the utter amazement of her husband and children, she announced that she wanted to attend the football game with them. She thought, if you can't beat them, join them. Mrs. Kowalski realized that since she could not talk her family out of attending the games, she might as well join them in one of their favorite pastimes. By joining her family on the weekends, she would alleviate her loneliness, and in time, she might even come to like sports as much as her husband and children did. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. If you can't tolerate the pressures of a particular situation, remove yourself from that situation. When Chris got a position as a legal secretary with one of the most prestigious law firms in the city, he was elated. However, it was not long before he became snowed under with work. As the pressures of the job increased, he began to complain about the long hours and the excessive amount of work. One day, after a fellow employee heard him complain once again about the stack of paperwork on his desk, she quite bluntly told him, If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Actually, Chris had been thinking about quitting. After only three months on the job, it became apparent to him that since he could not handle the pressures of the job, he should leave the firm and seek employment elsewhere. The only reason he had been hanging on was because good jobs were so hard to come by. Leave well enough alone. Don't try to improve something that is already satisfactory. Greetings, Vicky. What have you been up to lately? Oh, I've been busy working on my sculpture for the Spring Art Exhibition. I'm just not satisfied with the symmetry between the head and the torso. I'm no connoisseur, but when I saw your sculpture last week, I was very impressed. Really, Vicky, don't change a thing. Leave well enough alone. If you keep trying to improve your sculpture, you might end up ruining it. You really think so? Absolutely. There's no reason for you to change something that is already satisfactory. Maybe you're right. I'll sleep on it and see how I feel about the whole thing tomorrow. Look before you leap. Consider all aspects of a situation before you take any action. 
You sure are concentrating. What's so interesting? Oh, hi, Ed. I didn't hear you come in. I'm thinking of investing in that shopping center going up near Tiburon Beach. So I was just reading about the proposed shops for the center. If you want my opinion, I think you should look before you leap. That center is being built on a landfill. Aren't you wary of problems with settling, let alone an earthquake? Have no fear. I'm considering all aspects of the situation before I take any action. But from what I've read so far, it sounds like a great investment. Make hay while the sun shines. Take advantage of an opportunity to do something. Come on, Jed. Don't be such a wet blanket. Come with us to the state fair. I'd like to, but I'm swamped with work. Maybe next time. That's what you're always saying, and next time never comes. You're young. Make hay while the sun shines. Trips like this one don't come around every day. I'm really tempted, but I've got to finish this paperwork. Meanwhile, life is passing you right by. You should take advantage of an opportunity to do something when it's available. Doesn't the fact that Mary Ann will be coming along tempt you? Mary Ann is going? Absolutely. Well, maybe just this once I could take a break from working. Okay, count me in. Strike while the iron is hot. Act at the best possible time. If you intend to make an offer on that house you were thinking of buying, now is the time to do it. But I can only offer considerably less than what the owner is asking. I don't know if she'll accept. I recommend that you strike while the iron is hot. It's a buyer's market right now. It's a good time to make an offer, even if it is low. Hmm. I do like the house. I guess I'll give it a try. As you said, my chances for success are greater if I act at the best possible time. That's right. If you make an offer now, there's an excellent chance that it will be accepted. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. The way to gain a man's love is by preparing food that he enjoys. Wow, Ludmilla, you look beautiful. What's the big occasion? I've got a date with Yuri. I hope that tonight he'll come out and tell me how much he cares for me. You've been going with Yuri for quite some time. If he still hasn't expressed his feelings, I think you ought to try another approach. Have you ever stopped to think that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach? You're a fantastic cook. Why not invite him to a nice home-cooked meal? Why didn't I think of that before? Tonight, I'll invite him to have dinner at my place next weekend. There you go. Prepare a meal that he enjoys, and he'll love you for sure. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. When traveling... Follow the customs of the local people. Jane and Ray had been homebodies most of their lives. But after their kids were grown and out of the nest, they decided to take a trip around the world. Of course, they were inexperienced travelers, and they had trouble accepting the customs of the people in the countries they visited. To make them feel more comfortable during their travels, some members of the tour group recommended that when in Rome, do as the Romans do. They suggested that Jane and Ray should make an effort to follow the customs of the local inhabitants and not expect to behave in a foreign country as they would at home. Once they began to follow this advice, Jane and Ray enjoyed their trip much more. This concludes Side A.
Section 3. Watch out! All that glitters is not gold. Some things are not as valuable as they appear to be. Boy, Ahmed sure got taken the other day at the bazaar. What happened? You know he collects old swords and sabers. Well, he came across a neat shining scimitar in one of the booths. The guy assured him that it dated from the 15th century and that it would never rust. Ahmed was so excited with his find that he really didn't examine it very carefully before he took it home. That's when he discovered that the scimitar was coated to hide the rust and that it was a copy, not an original. Just goes to prove that all the glitters is not gold. That's for sure. Ahmed learned the hard way that some things are not as valuable as they appear to be. Curiosity killed the cat. It is dangerous to be curious. Phil, you have no business trying to find out what will be on tomorrow's exam by shuffling through those papers on the teacher's desk. Just because she's out of the room doesn't give you the right to go poking in her personal papers. What do you think will happen to you if she walks in and catches you? Don't you realize that curiosity killed the cat? If I don't pass this exam, I probably won't pass the course. I know I could be severely punished for going into her personal papers, but I'm desperate. Okay, but it's your funeral. Sooner or later, your curiosity will do you in. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't assume more responsibility than you can handle. Don't be overconfident. Hold on there, Sam. Where are you running off to? Oh, hi, Lloyd. Can't stop the chat. I'm already late for work. It seems like you're always busy lately. If it's not work, it's studies or something else. You don't have time for your friends anymore. When you took that full-time job, I warned you, don't bite off more than you can chew. I think you were right. Now I see that it was a mistake to take on too much responsibility all at once. My grades in school are already starting to go down. There you are. Why don't you cut down on your hours at work and maybe drop a course or two, at least for this semester? Maybe I'll do that. At this rate, my health is liable to suffer too. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't hurt someone who takes care of you. Julie, I simply can't understand you. I've worked my fingers to the bone, and I've saved and scrimped to pay for your college education. And here you go running off to get married without finishing school. Hasn't anyone ever told you, don't bite the hand that feeds you? You must know how disappointed I am. I'm sorry, Dad. I don't mean to hurt you after all you've done for me. And I have every intention of going back to school after Al and I get settled. He's got a great job overseas, and he wants me to go with him as his wife. Still, I find it difficult to approve of your decision to quit school now when you're about to get your degree. Don't be hasty. Why don't you give this a little bit more thought? Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. Don't plan on the successful results of something until those results actually occur. Hi, Lydia. How are you doing with your book about the Indian tribes of the Amazon? I haven't found a publisher yet, but I know it will be a big success. I'm going to use the money from my advance royalties as a down payment on that condo I've been looking at. Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. What if you can't find a publisher? I guess you're right. I really should not count on getting any money until the book is actually accepted for publication. 
And even then, the publishers may not advance you enough for a down payment on that condo. But don't despair. It's quite possible that someone out there will want to publish your book. I wish you all the best. Don't cry over spilt milk. Don't grieve about having done something that cannot be undone. Lois, why are you so upset? Oh, Andy, I'm glad you're back. I don't know what to do. I was cleaning the house, and I knocked over the crystal vase we received as a wedding gift from your folks. It fell to the floor and shattered. Come on now, don't cry over spilt milk. But I can't help being upset. That vase had a lot of sentimental value for both of us. Relax. It can be replaced. Mom and Dad will understand. It won't do any good to keep crying about something that can't be undone. Let's go out to dinner. I'm sure you'll feel better once you get away from the house. You're probably right. Thanks, honey. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't form an opinion about something based on appearance alone. Have you seen the new guy they hired as coach of Commodore High's football team? He's so short and puny. He hardly looks like a football coach to me. Listen, pal, don't judge a book by its cover. From what I hear, that guy is one of the best. His size has nothing to do with his ability to produce a winning team. How do you know that? I was talking with one of the players on the team. He said that the new coach is a genius at strategies on the football field, and he puts the team through some of the roughest training they've ever had. That surprises me. I guess I really shouldn't base my opinion about him on the way he looks. Don't judge a man until you've walked in his boots. Don't criticize a person until you've tried to do the things he or she does. Hi, Josh. Did you watch the gymnastic competitions on TV last night? I sure did. Those guys were phenomenal on the bars and rings. All except the short blonde guy. His performance was really weak. I don't see why he even bothered to compete. Look, don't judge a man until you've walked in his boots. You've probably never tried to do the things he was doing. I'll bet you couldn't even hold your balance on those rings. Okay, maybe I shouldn't go around criticizing another person's performance until I've tried it myself. But it seemed to me that the other athletes were vastly superior. Oh, come on now. He wasn't that bad. His maneuvers were a lot more difficult than those of his competitors. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Don't complain about something that is given to you. How are you enjoying your car, Mike? It's not bad. It doesn't look like much, but at least it's transportation. Didn't your dad just give it to you outright? Sure, but it was his old one. What I really wanted was that sleek sports car I was looking at the other day. Oh, for gosh sakes, Mike. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. If I were you, I wouldn't complain. Look at me. I'm still getting around on my bike. I guess you're right. I shouldn't find fault with something I got for nothing. Exactly. You'll have the car you want someday. Just be patient. All you have to do is get yourself a job and save money. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't risk losing everything at once. Congratulations, Jill. I hear that you came into quite an inheritance. Yes, I did. My grandmother left me the bulk of her estate when she passed away. Now I'll have to start thinking of ways to invest it if I want to see it grow. True. 
And remember, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Never fear. I won't risk losing my money by investing all of it in a single place. I plan to spread out my inheritance in real estate, government bonds, and other low-risk investments. Now you're talking. If you're interested, I have the name of a good financial counselor. I'm certain that she could help you. Thanks. As soon as I'm ready, I'll look her up. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Don't unnecessarily postpone doing something. My gosh, Kathy, why are you so late for work? Problems with my car again. The motor kept overheating. I just barely made it here. Your car has been acting up for some time now. Didn't you say you were going to have it serviced last week? Yes, I did, but I just didn't get to it. When will you ever learn? Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. You're right. I've got to realize that I should not delay in taking care of something that needs to be done. If I leave it until another time, I'll forget about it and it'll never get done. Don't put the cart before the horse. Don't do things in the wrong order. Come on, Stanley. Let's go over to the stereo shop. I'd like to buy a big screen TV set and a pair of those tower speakers while they're on sale. Whoa there. Don't put the cart before the horse. Didn't you tell me that you were going to be cramped for space in your new apartment? Yes, I did. Then don't go out and buy something that may not fit before you have all your other furniture in place. What's more important, buying a new TV and speakers or moving in all the belongings you have already? I guess you're right. I'd better wait until I see how much space I have. A miss is as good as a mile. Losing by a narrow margin is no different than losing by a wide margin. Why so glum, chum? I was just one number away from winning big on the state lottery. At least you won something, didn't you? Something is right. About fifty bucks. But just think, one more number and I could have won thousands. Too bad. But a miss is as good as a mile. I understand that losing by a narrow margin is no different than losing by a wide margin. Still, it hurts to know that I was so close. Yeah. Losing out by just one number is hard to take. But brighten up. Maybe you'll have better luck next time. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Good intentions don't always lead to good actions. Eric, when are you going to repair the roof? You've been talking about it for a month now. Andrea, I wish you wouldn't keep nagging me. I have every intention of getting to it this weekend. Sure. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. How long are you going to keep putting it off? Well, something always comes up. I should be able to start it on Saturday morning. Let's see what happens. I won't say another word about it if you really mean what you say. I just get annoyed when your good intentions don't lead to good actions. Have faith. I'll do it this weekend for sure. Where there's smoke, there's fire. When there is evidence of a problem, there probably is a problem. When the night watchman started on his routine patrol of the premises, he noticed that the door to one of the buildings was ajar. Since the building was located in a security area, he immediately jumped to the conclusion that where there's smoke, there's fire. The doors of all the buildings were supposed to be tightly secured after working hours, 
and the night watchman had been trained to think that if there's evidence of a problem, there probably is a problem. Section 4. Getting Ahead The first step is always the hardest. The most difficult part of accomplishing something is getting started. Well, Adam, did you enjoy the concert? Yes, I did. It was quite inspiring. I sure wish I could play the violin like the concert artist who performed this evening. There's no reason why you can't. The first step is always the hardest. You're still young. All you have to do is make up your mind to work at it. Do you really think I'll ever be able to play like her? It's hard to say at this point. But if you have enough talent, and if you work hard enough, you can realize your wish. The hardest part of learning to play like that is to start taking lessons and to learn to read music. If you're serious about starting, I have the name of an excellent music teacher. Wonderful. I'll give her a call the first thing tomorrow. Forewarned is forearmed. Being warned about something before it happens allows a person to prepare for it. When it became known that a hurricane was due to hit the coast within 24 hours, the local authorities alerted the inhabitants and outlined a series of precautionary measures for coping with the storm. Their goal was to avoid having people harmed by the devastating force of the wind rain. The authorities believe that forewarned is forearmed. He who hesitates is lost. A person who doesn't act decisively is unlikely to succeed. If you want to buy that new car you've been looking at, better hurry up. Why? Don't you read the papers? Next month, the state sales tax is going up a whole cent. That will add up to a lot of money on a car. He who hesitates is lost. I've been holding off because the dealer told me there would soon be a factory-authorized rebate on the car I want. But I see your point. If I delay in purchasing a car, I may never get another chance to buy it at the current price. Maybe I'd better not wait for the factory rebate, especially if it comes through after the new tax is going to effect. Wise decision. Get hopping. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Purser until you reach your goal. You know, if anybody deserves a medal for valiant effort and accomplishment, it's Joanna. I remember when she was running the hurdles after her accident. In spite of the pain she suffered from her injuries, she kept on exercising until she was able to run again. I agree. Joanna is a lead example of the proverb, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Well, that's true. She would not allow herself to accept defeat. During the course of her recovery, she often stumbled, and, and many people thought she would never be able to run again. But Joanna fooled them all. She kept working until she achieved her goal. What a gal. Necessity is the mother of invention. Most inventions are created to solve a problem. It's so good to see you, Fred. I was really distressed to hear that you lost your home in the recent hurricane. Is everything okay now? We're alive and kicking, but for a while there, it was touch and go. That hurricane hit us full blast. Wow. How did you manage to survive? 
Well, you know that necessity is the mother of invention. We built a makeshift shelter from the ruins until help arrived. That must have taken some doing. It sure did. Being in such a difficult situation forced us to be creative. What an experience. You said it. We were lucky to come out of it alive. No pain, no gain. Nothing can be accomplished without effort. Is Chiqui off practicing again? Yes, that's all she does. She's up at four in the morning, and by five, she's already at the ice rink. She puts in two full hours of practice before going to school. Then after school, she practices for another three hours with her partner. That's a crushing routine. How does she do it? No pain, no gain. She wants to be a champion ice skater, so she's working hard to perfect her technique and skills. At this rate, she'll make it by the time she's out of high school. Maybe even sooner. She is one determined young lady. She knows that without great effort and discipline, she'll never achieve her goal. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. You can't achieve anything if you don't try. For years, Tanya dreamed of participating in the ice skating competitions in the Olympics. When tryouts for the team were announced, Tanya doubted that she could qualify. But she thought, nothing ventured, nothing gained. After all, she knew that if she didn't at least try to make the team, she would never realize her ambition. It's a good thing she didn't let fear or uncertainty keep her from trying out. She did brilliantly and made the team, then won a silver medal for her country. The pen is mightier than the sword. The written word is more powerful than physical force. It's true. The pen is mightier than the sword. I just got a letter from the president of the corporation that made my car. I've been having trouble with the alignment and the steering column almost from the day I bought it. Did you take it back to the dealer? I sure did. But he kept claiming that everything seemed okay. I got so angry that I almost came to blows with the guy. But I decided against force, and instead I wrote a letter to the president of the company. As you can see, he wrote back. And not only did he apologize for the way I was treated, he offered to let me trade in the car for a brand new one at no additional cost. Congratulations. You've proved that the written word is more powerful than physical force. Practice makes perfect. Doing something many times improves one's skill at it. You're now typing 30 words per minute. Good for you. That's a big improvement. Thank you. If only I could stop making mistakes on those numbers. That's something you'll have to work on. But practice makes perfect. Eventually, you'll be able to type the numbers just as accurately as you do the letters. Now that you mention it, I have been concentrating more on the letters. I think I'll focus my practice on the numbers for a while. With constant drill and repetition, I should be able to type them perfectly. You will increase your typing speed and proficiency, too. Just keep practicing. You can only get better. Rome wasn't built in a day. Important things do not happen overnight. Hi, Judy. How's your word processing class coming along? Well, so far progress has been rather slow. I haven't learned the keyboard yet, and I have problems remembering all the commands for editing. I get really impatient because I want to master the technique as soon as possible. Just remember that Rome wasn't built in a day. 
Word processing can be a complicated procedure. You're right. Our teacher keeps telling us that it takes time to learn all the aspects of word processing and that we can't master everything in one day. That's absolutely true. But you'll catch on. Just be patient and practice whenever you can. The squeaking wheel gets the oil. Those who complain the loudest get the most attention. Hi, Ian. What have you been up to? Not much. Actually, I've been thinking of moving. Why's that? My apartment is a mess. The paint is chipping. There's a leak in the ceiling and the linoleum in the kitchen is cracked. What annoys me the most is that all the other apartments in the building have been completely renovated except mine. For heaven's sake, haven't you learned that the squeaking wheel gets the oil? Well, I've mentioned the problems to the building manager, but so far nothing has been done. Maybe you haven't stated your complaints forcefully enough. Remember, those who complain the loudest get the most attention. You're never too old to learn. A person can learn at any age. Chinese? What are you doing studying Chinese? I've always wanted to learn it, but I never got around to it before. All those years I was so involved with business that there was never any time. Now that I'm retired, I thought I'd give it a shot. I figure you're never too old to learn. More power to you. I've been thinking of going back to school myself. But I'm getting up in years and I didn't know if I was too old to learn. Listen, my friend. A person can learn at any age. You can do it if you want to badly enough. Just stick with it. I appreciate your words of encouragement. Maybe I will take that class in real estate after all. This concludes Side B. How many times do I have to tell you that haste makes waste? I'll admit that hurrying often creates problems that must be solved, but this really wasn't my fault. The floor was slippery. That's no excuse. If you hadn't been rushing around, you would have been more careful and probably wouldn't have slipped. Love makes the world go round. When people show respect and consideration for one another, the world is a better place. What's wrong, Kumi? Why are you so upset? It's those new neighbors of ours. They play their stereo so loud at night that I can't sleep. I've had it. I'm going to go over there and give them a piece of my mind. Hold it. You won't accomplish anything by hollering at them. You're all worked up now. Why not wait until you've cooled down a bit? Don't you know that love makes the world go round? I agree that the world would be a better place to live if people respected and loved each other, but right now... Not another word. Let's try it my way. I'll bake some cookies, and later on we'll take them next door and introduce ourselves. We can casually mention the problem after we get to know our new neighbors. I'm sure they'll cooperate. One good turn deserves another. A favor should be repaid with another favor. Eva felt very sorry for her next-door neighbor, Elaine. The two women had been living next to each other for years and had become close friends. Years ago, when Eva lost her husband, Elaine was there to console her and bolster her spirits. 
Eva had never forgotten the emotional support of her friend, and she strongly believed that one good turn deserves another. Now Elaine was quite ill, so Eva made a point of spending the days with her friend, tending to her needs and helping to nurse her back to health. It was not just because she felt that Elaine's kindness should be repaid with another favor. Eva was genuinely concerned about her friend and wanted to help her out. You have to take the good with the bad. You must accept disappointment along with success. Say, John, you look rather depressed. What's up? That deal I was working on fell through, and the whole matter has gotten me down. But you should know that in life you have to take the good with the bad. Look at it this way. Your last two business transactions worked out quite well, didn't they? True enough. I guess I'm spoiled. Come on, don't be so hard on yourself. It's not easy learning that you must accept disappointments and defeats as well as successes. You're right. I'm sure I'll feel better after I have a bite to eat. Come on, let's go out for a hamburger. You're on. You reap what you sow. The amount of effort you put into something determines how much you will get out of it. Chuck felt bad about not going with his friends for pizza after the school dance. But with a final exam coming up in a couple of days, he knew that you reap what you sow. As it turned out, his decision to go home and study for the exam was a good one. His efforts at studying paid off with a high grade on the exam. Unfortunately, his friends did not score half as well. Section 9. Some Things Never Change After the feast comes the reckoning. People must always pay the price of their excesses. Hey, Bill, is that another new jacket you're wearing? Yeah, just got it the other day. Like it? I sure do. But tell me, lately you've been spending like a madman. Where's all this money coming from? No problem. I've been buying everything on credit. Easy there, pal. Aren't you getting in over your head? Remember, after the feast comes the reckoning. I know I've been spending a lot, but so far I've been able to make my monthly payments. Sure, but what happens if you get laid off? That construction job you have won't last forever, and you'll still have to pay for your excesses. I know, but I'll cross that bridge when and if I get to it. Bad news travels fast. Reports of problems and misfortune spread quickly. I just heard about Joey's loss. He must have taken it quite hard. He sure did. His investments were completely wiped out when the price of those speculative stocks fell. But how did you find out so soon? Bad news travels fast. The office staff has been talking about nothing else. People say he's pretty broken up. No doubt about it. It's amazing the way news about people's problems spread so quickly. Well, knowing Joey, I'm sure he'll get back on his feet in no time. He has a knack for making money.